Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, good to have Marla H. and Craig M. with us today. It's international, as always, when we have Craig. <laughs> I'm glad I'll be, I'm glad I'll bring some value to it. Well, we didn't say we didn't go that far. We just no. said it was international. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is so impressed that we have people from all over yeah. on these meetings. He's like, "Really? You got people from South Africa too?" <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's it's, it's amazing in our. Uh, in our community, just people from everywhere, and you get to know folks in recovery from uh, from all walks of life, all walks of life. It's just a great thing. This 38th chapter of the Tao Te Ching, it is a lot of reading, so we're going to go ahead and get started with that. I'll share the screen, Marla. I'll let you, if you would, please, ma'am, if you want to read for us. Okay. Um This is number one, translation number one, chapter 38. A truly good man is not aware of his goodness and is therefore good. A foolish man tries to be good and is therefore not good. A truly good man does nothing, yet leaves nothing undone. A foolish man is always doing, yet remains to be done. When a truly kind man does something, he leaves nothing undone. When a just man does something, he leaves a great deal to be done. When a disciplinarian does something and no one responds, he rolls up his sleeves in an attempt to enforce order. Therefore, when Tao is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is kindness. When kindness is lost, there is justice. When justice is lost, there is ritual. Now ritual is a husk of faith and loyalty, the beginning of confusion. Knowledge of the future is only a flowery trapping of Tao. It is the beginning of folly. Therefore, the truly great man dwells on what is real and not what is on the surface, on the fruit and not the flower. Therefore, accept the one and reject the other. Translation 2. The master doesn't try to be powerful, thus he is truly powerful. The ordinary man keeps reaching for power, thus he never has enough. The master does nothing, yet he leaves nothing undone. The ordinary man is always doing things, yet many more are left to be done. The kind man does something, yet something remains undone. The just man does something and leaves many things to be done. The moral man does something... And when no one responds, he rolls up his sleeves and uses force. When the Tao is lost, there is goodness. When the goodness is lost, there is morality. When morality is lost, there is ritual. Ritual is a husk of true faith, the beginning of chaos. Therefore, the master concerns himself with the depths and not the surface, with the fruit and not the flower. He has no will of his own. He dwells in reality and lets all illusions go. It's confusing. It is, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Translation three. A man of the highest virtue does not keep to virtue, and that is why he has virtue. A man of lowest virtue never strays from virtue, and that is why he's without virtue. 
The former never acts, yet leaves nothing undone. The latter acts, but there are things left undone. A man of the highest benevolence acts, but from no ulterior motive. A man of the highest rectitude acts, but from ulterior motive. A man most conversant in the rights acts, but when no one responds, rolls up his sleeves and resorts to persuasion by force. Hence, when the way was lost, there was virtue. When the virtue was lost, there was benevolence. When benevolence was lost, there was rectitude. When rectitude was lost, there were the rights. The rights are the wearing thin of loyalty and good faith, and the beginning of disorder. Foreknowledge is the flowery embellishment of the way, and the beginning of folly. Hence, the man of large mind abides in the thick, not the thin, in the fruit, not in the flower. Therefore, he discards the one and takes the other. Translation four. People with integrity don't even think about it. That's how you can tell they have integrity. Other people talk about how much integrity they have when they really don't have much, if any. Truly powerful people don't do anything, but they get the job done. Other people are always busy doing something, but nothing ever gets done. When people act, they do so without thinking about it. When the just act, they're always sure they're doing the right thing. But when the righteous act and nobody reacts, they try to force everyone to do things their way. If you're not in touch with Tao, at least you can still have integrity. If you don't have integrity, there's always kindness. If you don't have kindness, there's always justice. If you don't have justice, all you have left is righteousness. Righteousness is a pale imitation of true faith and loyalty and always leads to trouble. If you've already made up your mind, you don't know the first thing about Tao, and you never will. The masters pay attention to what's beneath the surface. They'll look at a tree's leaves but eat the fruit. They turn all that down so they can accept this. Okay. (laughs) I know we're going to have a shorter session today, so we only have about 15 more minutes that we're going to be able to meet. So hopefully we can – I just want to talk a little. These are long translations. This is a long – maybe the longest verse we have. Um. There's a lot there. Uh, what's his, uh, Wayne Dwyer clears it up a little bit. He does. He does. I was just looking at this. There's, there's this idea here that we've seen before of these levels of false spirituality. This idea of, um, of virtue or goodness to fairness or benevolence down to rights or righteousness down to law. So there's this progression downward to spiral down as we lose touch with the Tao, lose touch with what's real. And that's one of the big lessons I see in this 38th chapter is how the whole thing is about really looking for the substance rather than, you know, being good instead of looking good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's black and white. Yeah. Um, and that's why uh, the fruit, not the flower. Yeah. 
the um, I like what was it the last one where he was saying um, the master pays attention to what's beneath the surface. Uh, oh, if you've already made up your mind, you don't know the first thing about Tao. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, the fact that, and one of the other translations said, the second one, that he has no will of his own, talking about the sage. How many times have I gone into a situation having my mind made up going in what everyone's thinking, how it would be best for everyone to respond, and what the right answers are before I hear a word about (laughs) anything? (laughs) It's happened so often, I... It's just the way I used to live. It is. It is. It was, yeah, until you were aware. Right. It is how most of us do it. We want to exert our will. That's so, what happens when we're rolling up our sleeves and making that, making it happen. Mm-hmm. Because that's all we know. Because if it can't happen the way it's supposed to, we're going to make it happen the way we think it's supposed to. Yes. <laughs> Radio. Which causes misery. Yes. Causes misery. That push and that force causes misery. You're exactly right. And uh, somewhere, I think it was Dyer that talked about that some of the commentaries say that this one and the next one, the 39th, are Lao Tzu's answer to Confucius. Right. I was going to read that too. Yeah. Because (laughs) Confucianism is really a lot like, in my thinking, a lot like the Proverbs in the Old Testament would be. It's laws and rules, and if you go by these rules, then, you know, everything's going to work great. And what I think Lao Tzu is saying is, no, it's not about rolling up your sleeves and making the rules work. It's about having the unwritten rules in your heart and just doing the next right thing. Is, is what I'm seeing in it. Comments? I find it quite confusing. <laughs> it is. Um, right, so, yeah, because what, what I struggled to, what I struggled to start with was when it was talking about um, when the Tao is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is kindness. And there's a couple of translations talk about this. And I'm thinking to myself, I thought the idea of Tao was goodness. So how can, ah. we regress, how can we regress from having Tao to then having goodness? This The use of the word goodness there, um, which uh, which translation is that that you're talking about? In the, in, the first, in the first two, therefore, when the Tao is lost, there is goodness. And then the second translation, when the Tao is lost, there is goodness. Oh, oh down here. Okay. Okay, I see what you're talking about. It, it kind of goes back on a sliding scale. But I thought well, the idea goodness was the Tao... Well, I think what in their situation, and I think it was Derek Lynn that talked about this, those who have real virtue are not intentionally so. Their actions are natural and unforced. Those who possess low virtue, which would be the goodness, 
are not naturally virtuous, so they constantly have to remind themselves to act virtuously. So the goodness there is not the same as the Tao. The Tao would be a step up. A forced goodness? Is that what you're... A forced goodness, yes. Sort of forced? And the way the way uh, Derek Lynn translated that was high virtual, high virtue, and low virtue. High virtue is being the Tao, and low virtue, the same as what um, these first two translations translated as goodness. It's not quite... It's not the Tao, it's the step under the Tao would be the goodness in this in these translations. Right. So, so basically, that's what's difficult about this is you're talking about a twenty five hundred year old okay. you know yeah. text okay. that's translated so many different ways in a in a language that's no longer used. This is an old right. uh, version of Chinese that they no longer use. So it's not even the same language. So it's kinda of like trying to be something that you're not. Yeah. yeah. It is, not trusting your true nature. The, the problem is most of us don't know what our true nature is because we've been following rules and rituals and laws since birth. I think was I think what's confused me is the word Tao. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the step above goodness would be know, excellence or... I think if it was changed to the word excellence, you know, I think it would probably be the difference, Craig, between doing and being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe exactly. Yeah, that's 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 a better way of putting it. Yeah. So the Tao is about being. If you can't be, well, you pretend you do. That that's how I'm kind of seeing the difference there. Then, if you can't do. You know, under that was kindness, just a little less, not as good, but just a little, you know, a little less than justice in that translation you're talking about. And then ritual. And it said, now, ritual is the husk of faith and loyalty, the beginning of confusion. So we take these lesser forms because we've lost what's real. So we have a, uh, there's a New Testament um, we have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. We have a form. I think it's the same kind of thing that, you know, we see someone else that may do these kind acts, and we say, well, we want to be like them, so we'll do these things. But one person's doing it from their heart because it's just who they are, and the other is is somewhere down the scale. So they don't get the same results that the other person does, even though the actions may look the same. Mm-hmm. It's not genuine. Not genuine. Right. Not genuine. And I think that's the big takeaway from this chapter, is talking about that we've got to look for what's real. Can I just relate that back to how I was feeling of sure. being unworthy and not good because other people fired me? Right. I have to reside in my ultimate goodness because I am am good. You are good, yes. Yeah. Yes. And how we talked about the fact that they're sick people too, so everyone's sick. So you wouldn't hold something against someone who had, let's say they had dementia and they said mean things to you like a relative. You wouldn't hold that. They're sick. I can't take that personally. 
You know, and it would be the same thing. You know, your response to that, if you want to let go of that fear of rejection, would be, how can I love this person regardless of their behavior? Just like you would someone with the, you know, I'm just think of that one in particular because it's so easy to see. It's a, it's a good analogy. Uh, how can I love my relative with dementia and not take personally what they say to me would be the same way to respond to someone who was maybe treating you unfairly or in some situation that you don't understand. It's more, if you started there, if you got understanding of why, um, as time went on, fine. If you didn't, fine. But it's not necessary for you to really get relief from that, I don't think. I mean, you don't have to understand why someone has dementia to accept they have dementia. Right. <laughs> Good point. I, I'm just trying to th- Maybe that's too simple, but. It should it, be it, that simple. Yeah. It really should be and can be that simple in order for me to live with it. Or so the real question isn't why, I mean, you've already discussed with them. How, I mean, you, you've already found out everything you can about the whole situation. Yeah. So for you having to have this deeper understanding of exactly how all this happened at this point, that's not the question to ask in my thinking. The question to ask is how can I love these people? How can I show kindness to these people? How can I move up the scale rather than the bottom scale? Well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, force them to tell me why this is, you know, if you wanted to go up the scale, yeah. okay, uh, I'm going to force them to tell me. So you're pushing, rolling up your sleeves, doing, you know, or if there was some way that law that they uh, violated in some way, well, I'm going to sue them or something. Okay. That's way down on the bottom. Okay. And as you move up, can I be, can I move up from that to, well, they need to have a lesson here and they need to learn. Okay. Well, how can I move up from there? That'd be the disciplinarian. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm going to, you know, they don't necessarily need a lesson, but they need to treat me fairly. Okay. That's the next step up from there. I would think then how can I be kind to them? Then, how can I show them goodness? How can I show them love? So I think the love would be back into the Tao. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So that's a great example, Marla. Of I hope, dear, you didn't have to go through that to give us that example. <laughs> I hope that wasn't the case. But No, in, just in my head. I mean, you know, I was, all I can think of is the future. If I see this person who got me fired, what I would do mm-hmm. to them and say to them. And, um, you know, that's not living in the day. Or is it living in the moment? I, you know, I'd like to, yeah, no, no. But, you know, I'd like to flip them the bird and tell them how much they hurt me. Yes. That would gratify me. But it would make no. me feel like shit. Not really. <laughs> it wouldn't really gratify you. But, uh, you would think it would. Yeah, I would think it would. In my head, it's gratifying, but it really wouldn't. So. You know, if you can replace that conversation with something with, um, even if you don't mean it, like we like we read in, was it 552, 53, 54 about resentments, that, you know, we pray for the person for two weeks, even if they're empty words and we don't mean what we're saying. 
and we don't believe it's real, we do it anyway. <laughs> and we'll find it becomes real. So that's the same kind of thing that we act our way into right thinking. You yeah. know, we, yeah. we take the action. Love's an action. It's not a feeling. Love is an action. Uh, it is for me. I take the action. I don't wait to feel it to do it. I do it. And the feelings follow. So I may have feelings of love, but what, what I do a lot of times comes from an action of love, which has no feeling behind it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you might be right. Try it. See. Try. You can always. Yeah. Quit, you know. <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's right. I promise it's not going to hurt you. I know it won't. It just well, what is that <laughs> saying in recovery will gladly refund your misery. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's really it. Um, focus on the inner essence, not outward superficiality. The inner essence. Um, and we need to work on a, t- on a title, too, for this week. I don't have a good title. I've got... Wayne Dwyer does. Yeah, his was living within our own nature. Or nature is good without knowing it. Okay, I've got a couple. Don't settle for doing when you can be. Um, That's my next tattoo. (laughs) um, Be good instead of do good. Be good instead of do good? Yeah. I like that. Black and white, straight to the point. Be good instead of do good. Or I had listening, listening to your knower. You know what your knower is? That's a, maybe a Southern thing, you know, that you have this knower, you know, that knows what the right thing is to do. That the guy that built the ark. No, that's Noah. <laughs> that's Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with Noah. Speak English. But Noah got drunk and got his, uh, got his, all of his uh, daughters pregnant, but we won't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> first thing he did when he got off the boat was, was make a big batch of wine and got drunk and, did unmentionable, unspeakable things. So, uh, but anyway, be good instead of do good. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I didn't laugh at that. The what? The Noah? Uh, does, you want me to delete that more? I guess I should. That shouldn't be in there, should it? It's just, it's just okay. the fact. That, it's just the fact that he survived all that time in a boat, and the first thing it does is go for a bottle of wine. <laughs> I probably would have to too. I'd have to. I'd have to find a meeting or not. Uh, I mean, that, that sounds. That sounds like my last flight back from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I, I detoxed on the plane coming back, and I was sat next to my mother-in-law. And she thought it was, she thought it was turbulence in the plane, but it wasn't. It was me rattling in the seat next to her. <laughs> okay, guys, let's just stop. We'll stop there. Okay. We're going to cut it a little short today, and we'll go through the commentaries next week on this and kind of meditate. I know there's more here for us to see. So, But it's about learning to, to just live in this nature that we have instead of making it happen, pushing, just being. It's about being. So we'll talk more about that next week. But y'all, uh, any comments before we close? No. Okay. You guys have a great week. Hey, Marla. I want to know next week about what progress you make with that. 
All right. Well, t- all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're excited about having the Ramos, folks. But uh, you knew the answer before we even talked about it, I know. Of course I did. It's things you've said to me before, too. And I, I know what the right thing to do is. Just be Just it, doing it. Yeah. It's, all right. Well, y'all have a great week. You yeah, too. You, you secretly hope he's got another answer at one point. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's a, it's, well, I'm a one-answer person, that's all. <laughs> you really are. Y'all have Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars, Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.